few weeks ago, I watched a movie on Netflix called The Two Popes. Has anybody seen it? All right, I'm not the only dork in the room. This is good. It's about the relationship between Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. Right around the time that Pope Benedict was getting ready to resign in 2013. It's a movie, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it was incredibly powerful. There's this one scene where Pope Benedict and Francis, who isn't Pope yet, are arguing. Pope Benedict was elected because he was this staunch defender of tradition and dogma and orthodoxy, someone who would not bend or yield, and he wants to resign, but he's scared that Francis might become Pope after him, and Francis is so different. He gives communion to people who have been divorced. He's more open about celibacy and homosexuality. He doesn't care about defending the faith and keeping it pure. He's more concerned with with welcoming people and combating inequality and, and caring for the planet. And the worst part, Benedict says, is that Francis wasn't always this way. He used to be so traditional and inflexible that he once banned all books about communism from the seminary library. Francis says to him, you're right, I did. And I used to make seminarians wear heavy robes all day, even when they were working in the vegetable gardens. And I called civil marriage for homosexuals the devil's plan. But I changed. And Pope Benedict yells at him, No, you compromised. Francis quietly responds, No. No compromise. I changed. That's a different thing. This morning we heard Jesus say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. These words are the beginning of Jesus' ministry. After being baptized, after spending time in the wilderness, now it's finally time to get started and get this show on the road. And he starts with these words, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. When I hear the word repent, I think about what my pastor taught me growing up, that to repent means to turn back to God. My pastor was in the military, so he loved like any illustration that involved marching and following orders and that kind of stuff. So he said that to repent meant to realize that your actions aren't what God wants, that you're, that you're marching in the wrong direction, to stop, to turn, and, and to march in a better direction. And, and that's a good way of understanding repentance. It's how I talk about repentance most of the time without giving my pastor any mention or credit at all, in fact. (laughs) This word that we translate as repent comes from a Greek word that literally means change of mind. To repent means to change your mind. And and not like, I change my mind, I want pizza for lunch. Or, or, I change my mind, the Titans are a good football team. Repentance is deeper than that. It's more like I change my mind. People in prison do deserve a second chance. Or I I change my mind. Immigration is more complex than I first thought. 
Repentance is changing your mind in a way that changes your beliefs, your attitudes, your heart. And I think it's funny that Jesus started his ministry by telling people to change their minds repeatedly, not to compromise, but to change, because that's a different thing. The reason I think it's funny and the reason why I like that scene from that movie so much is because right now our culture is having a huge and ridiculous debate about whether or not it's ever okay to change your mind, your attitudes, your beliefs. Some believe like Benedict, that that any form of change is just a, a form of compromise, that changing is giving in, abandoning your principles, or worse, that changing your mind or your opinions or beliefs is a sign of of stupidity or, or defeat or weakness. I was struck by this recently as I was watching one of the democratic debates. I don't remember which one, and I don't remember what they were arguing about because they're always arguing, but it basically turned into a competition to see who had been right the longest. Anyone who had ever believed differently, anyone who ever held an opinion that wasn't consistent with the current party position, anyone who had ever had a different stance than the one they had now, who had ever learned or grown or changed over time, even the tiniest bit was just getting blasted over and over again. As if to be truly correct, truly pure, truly righteous, meant never changing your mind at all. And our world is embracing this way of thinking. It's part of the reason we're so divided. We're being taught that changing your mind is a defeat and an embarrassment and a moral failure to be avoided at all costs. And yet Jesus began his ministry with these words, change your mind." because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus says that that changing our minds, that being changed by God so that we develop new understandings and grow new attitudes and embrace new beliefs, that's part of what it means to follow him. Follow me, he said to the original disciples, and they did, and it changed them so much. Following Jesus made them rethink some of the things that they had long believed about God, especially the idea that that God loved their people more than other people. Following Jesus had made them rethink some of their attitudes, especially about people they considered unclean or of little value, people they were comfortable ignoring and keeping down. Following Jesus made them reinterpret some of their religious laws, laws about judging others and justice and and love and equality and, and how to treat your enemies. They encountered so many things that caused them to re-examine their attitudes and opinions, to reconsider what they'd been taught, what they believed, what mattered most to them. And this changed their minds. It changed them. I'm sure the disciples resisted. I'm sure that at some point they said, you know what, Jesus, enough already. 
Can't you just leave me be for a little while and stop trying to change me? Jesus said, change your mind. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's important that we hear Jesus tell us that following him means being changed. Changing your mind. Changing something you believe. Changing your attitude towards something is not a sign of weakness or defeat. We should change because we should grow. As we go through life and learn things we didn't know before, as we have new experiences and encounter new people, especially people who are different from us, we should be changed. Growing and changing is a sign of a healthy mind, a healthy life, and a healthy faith. We are never finished products in this world, and God is always working to change us so that our minds, our beliefs, our attitudes are more consistent with his kingdom. You know, there have been so many times in my life when I was just positive that I was right about something that I knew everything I needed to know. I'm sure none of you have ever felt that way, ever, especially not today. At one point, I was sure I knew everything about human sexuality and had all the answers. And then I met a lot of LGBTQ people who taught me things I didn't know before, who shared experiences and stories that challenged how I had been taught to see the world, and I met professors who taught me new ways of understanding Scripture, and all of that forced me to re-examine what I believe, to read the Bible with, with new eyes and to listen for God's voice speaking. It changed me. It was repentance. When I went to seminary, I was so confident that I understood the reality of race in our country And then I became friends with people of color who told me about their lives and experiences. I read things written by people who held perspectives that were different from my own. I served in a poor black church in Philadelphia, and it challenged the way I saw the world. It changed me. It was repentance. And God's not done yet, not with me, not with any of us. I wonder sometimes what attitudes and beliefs and opinions I hold now that will be different 10 years from now. I wonder how God will change my mind and how God will use you to do it. I hope I won't need to retract too many sermons that I preach here at Emmanuel. (laughs) But I know that God will continue to shape me and change me so that my attitudes and beliefs and values and opinions and thoughts become more aligned with his own. And I know that God will do the same in you as you continue to follow Jesus. Because we're all all fish caught in God's net. That's the image that Jesus gives us this morning. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. As followers of Jesus, it is our calling to share the good news of God's love and grace with other people. And I am sure that in the years to come, I will give many overly passionate and mediocre sermons about sharing our faith. But in this image, we're also the fish caught in God's net. We've heard about 
the mercy and grace of God that Jesus came to share, the forgiveness and grace and new life that Jesus offers to each of us, the kingdom that he came to build here on this earth, and and we've been changed by it. We've been caught and tangled up in it. We're all here because God has gotten a hold of us somehow, even if it was through somebody telling us that we darn well better show up for this baptism. We are fish caught in God's net, slowly being pulled deeper and deeper into God's kingdom, and that work never stops, and it never stops changing us. We'll we'll see it again this morning when God baptizes Dennis, catching him in a net that will draw him closer and closer to God over the course of his lifetime, a net that will constantly change him. And I know that change is scary. I know that even the idea of us changing can be uncomfortable. But today, God calls each of us, each of you, wherever you are in life, to be open. Jesus calls every disciple who is following him to remain open to God changing our minds, our attitudes, our beliefs, so that bit by bit, we become more aligned with God's mind, God's attitudes, God's beliefs. So may we be open, not to compromise, but to being changed. Because that's a different thing. Amen.